baptism is this rite of initiation. It's how we join the church family. And we, we see some of that, don't we, at Pentecost, where Peter preaches the gospel of the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, the crowd say, well, what, what should we do? Uh, repent and believe. And, and then they were baptized, weren't they? And then in baptism, they were kind of welcomed into the fullness of the life of the church, where they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread, fellowship and prayer. And perhaps we can pick up on that uh, shortly. But let me ask this first. Why is it important that our view of baptism comes from the whole of the Bible? And what are some of the biblical images that can help us to understand baptism? Yeah, it's a very deep thing, this business of being like born of water and things, because it's it's like Peter says it. Um, he he I mean, it comes out in 1 Corinthians 10. So if that's worth keeping hold of. But Peter says it, doesn't he, when he says, um, here we go. Um, yeah, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, um, and it's, to, it's, it's uh, from verse 18, Christ suffered once for sins, just for unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went to preach the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's gone into heaven. So there, he's quite clearly saying that the thing that happened like Noah with this ark and the world, the world gets flooded and killed, and then out on the other side of that flood, this little church comes into a new creation. It's like a resurrection. There's a death of the old world and then like a resurrection into a new world. And then if you remember, after the flood, Noah is it's like a Garden of Eden situation and the same charge is given over again about humans being in the image of God and ruling over the creation and all that. It's like, let's reboot, let's have a new beginning. So it's like baptism, this sense of this washing away, uh, a, a death of the old, a drowning of the old, and then a bringing into, into new life. The same thing is like the crossing of the Red Sea, where the same thing, they're coming out of slavery, they pass through the water, come out into the other side to begin a new life with Jesus. Um, and then the Egyptians are coming. They try to come through the baptism, the sacrament of baptism. But because they don't believe in Christ, he kills them all and they get drowned in the water. Interestingly, just a little note. Sometimes people say it's absolutely vital in baptism that people are submerged under the water and then come out again because they feel it helps that imagery of going down like dying and rising so i appreciate that and also something of the experience of going right underwater and coming out again but it isn't in the bible that 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 doesn't happen in the bible there's no evidence that anyone was submerged and come out again and um, and particularly in the case of noah's ark it wasn't noah's submarine it wasn't submerged uh, the wicked world was submerged, but the church wasn't submerged. The rain fell upon the ark. 
And same going through the Red Sea. The church wasn't submerged under the Red Sea. The Egyptians that came later were, but the church went through the water, but they weren't necessarily submerged. So I don't object to submersion at all. It's perfectly fine. But it, you can't say it isn't valid or something like, if a person isn't submerged, that isn't real baptism. No, 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 you can't just sustain that from the Bible. So sometimes people get overexcited about modes of it. Because in the Bible, you can see sprinkling and baptism in the Old Testament, sprinkling or pouring water or submersion. Any of those are kind of valid. And you, we just can't get too excited about how much water we're using. That's not the issue. As Peter's kind of saying, it's not the ability to wash your entire body and have like a shower or a bath. It's, it's not that. The thing that's the key component is this the power of Christ's resurrection to cleanse our to cleanse us at a deeper level than just our body so that thing oh and then of course the creation of the universe I mean suppose we can think about 2 Peter chapter 3 this concept of water where it says there 2 Peter chapter 3 people will be wondering well where is this end of the world where is this coming day of God 2 Peter 3 verse 4 and then verse five says this, for they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment. So there is like there's the Noah's flood, which was like a coming out of water into a new creation. But then he's like, actually, he says, the whole creation itself sort of came out of water to, to at the very beginning. The very beginning of all creation was out of water. And that's that weird theme of water in Genesis chapter one, right at the beginning of the spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. And then the creation emerges. And even that is picked up in the Bible to do with like the creation itself came out of water. And so this idea that when we're baptized, we're connecting into the creation of all things and going back to like receiving life and light, because that's what's coming about in Genesis chapter one, getting life and light through Jesus and the spirit hovering over the water. And that's again, like when Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist and um, the spirit is like there to hover over and empower him after he's been, been baptized in this very visible sign of the spirit's presence in bringing this life and power to Jesus. And what's it, John, of course, found that difficult because it was a baptism of repentance for sin, wash away sin. And when, you know, and he's been having a right go at everyone and it's like, when God arrives, you're going to be in for some serious trouble, you dirty, filthy sinners. And then God arrives and gets in the water with the dirty, filthy sinners. And we're trying to. And John's like, well, hang on, you're not getting in there, pal. Uh, he doesn't say that. He's very respectful. But he's like, you can't get in. You are the holy one. This is for the dirty people. Uh, because that's what the baptism image was, because, of course, it's the Jordan River. And, of course, that the Jordan River, that goes right back to after they've been through the Red Sea and that sense of leaving that old life behind and coming into a new life with Jesus. They have to do it again at the Jordan River because they haven't really entered into a new life with Jesus, that first generation. So he says, OK, let's do a mini Red Sea. Let's do a mini one. 
and we'll open it up and it'll stand up on the side and you can go through and dry land even across this little river. Um, we'll do it again, we'll do it again. And you can leave your old life behind and come across into this new life with God, with Jesus on the other side. And that's what happens at the beginning of the book of Joshua. So, so John the Baptist is like, okay, that's what's needed. Leaving the old life behind, coming through the water and then having a new beginning with the Lord Jesus on this other side, like a, a promised land and all begin again. Well, Jesus is saying, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to leave my old life. And he's like, no, no, you can't do it. You haven't got any new, you haven't got an old life to leave behind and you don't need to be washed of your sins. But that's that beautiful thing, isn't it? Where Jesus goes, no, no, I, I, I want to, one, I want to get in that water and soak up all your sin. I want to do that. I, I need to take on your sin. So I, I'm getting in the water and instead of it washing off me, I want it to wash onto me because I want to, I've got to deal with that. And that's my job. Um, and then, it, and, and of course, I love the idea that when John gets that, then what he says about Jesus is, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isn't that lovely? That he's like, oh, of course. Of course, you have to get into the dirty water and be in the, the baptism of repentance because you are the one who is taking on him the sin of the world to get rid of it. So powerful. And I, you know, I always love to think that there's Jesus on the back. <laughs> of course, he, um, he knows we, we can't believe there's a new beginning. We can't believe there's a new beginning because we... We're like, no, I'm in the wilderness. I'm in the barren place. There's no new beginning for me. I'm too dirty. I'm too messed up. I'm too far away. I'd love it. What John's saying is a lovely message. And I wish I could wash and be clean, but I don't believe it. Not me. And I always believe, I do, that there will have been someone or maybe several people like that on the bank of the Jordan and they wouldn't go in because they couldn't believe there could be a new beginning, a new creation, a new birth, a resurrection for them. And I always feel they would have felt the hand of Jesus upon them. And he would have said, come in with me. Let me, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll repent with you for you. Because you shouldn't have to face that repentance and dealing with sin on your own. I'm going to deal with that. That's my job. Let me come with you. and I'll get baptized and repent with you. So that's what is happening in baptism. That's why it's so important that in a deep sense, we're going, this water is put on us. And in a deep sense, we're in the Jordan with Jesus and he's carrying the weight of the repentance for us. And the spirit hovers over and all that that's going on, that's blinking together, the creation of the universe, the flood, the Red Sea, all these things. And even looking ahead, as Peter says, to the, to the whole universe having a new beginning. So when we're in those waters of baptism, it matters so much that we are, he was uniting himself to us. 
in the waters of baptism in the Jordan River. And we are being united to him. And the language that the Bible uses about baptism is much, much stronger. It, if you just read it, baptism saves us. It actually says that in the Bible. Or Paul in Romans 6, you know, we are buried with Christ in baptism, raised with him in baptism. So we, like I say, I often hear ministers say, oh, baptism doesn't actually do that. It doesn't do anything. It's just us, our faith, our inside thing. I'm like, it doesn't say that, though. Strictly speaking, the Bible says that we are joined to Jesus by baptism. Now, we might want to say, but of course, it's by trusting him. And if we don't trust him, we're not going to be judged. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, everything like Peter says, it's by, you know, it is faith in him. Uh, the water isn't sort of in magical in the sense that, whether you whether you trust in him or not, you'll be joined in. Of course, yes. Of course, faith, yes. But it's very hard to play down baptism in the Bible. It, the, the literal way it is described and talked about is that this joins us to, the, to him. And we're part of his body by this. And that's how we know we're church members. It, and the very last thing he says as he's ascending into heaven is... Uh, go, I've got all the power in the universe. So go and make disciples of all the nations in the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them how to obey everything that I've commanded you. That's, that's his brief. So baptism is at the heart of his brief to us in being high priests, taking God out to the world and bringing the world to God through Christ. Baptism is the, um, is the expression of, the, of what of the, we have decided, we're, we're discipling someone. We're not discipling someone unless we're baptizing them and then teaching them. And the teaching them how to obey comes after the baptism. It's not as if, because sometimes people go, oh, well, we're, we're not sure whether they're credible as a Christian yet. No, well, the Ethiopian unit, like, can I be baptized? Yes, straight away. That's how you be credible. You're baptized into Christ, into his body, and now you learn how to obey all his commands. Oh, that's such good news, Uncle Paul. And thank you for sharing your heart as well as your, your wisdom there. Really appreciate that.